welcome into the no do bad no bad dudes podcast that's terrible uh keep it in keep, keep it in keep it in can you tell that i'm barely getting sleep and uh my child is outgrowing his clothes in less than a month uh he's becoming quite a giant um making me nervous because like i feel like maybe now he has a chance to be like a six and a half foot tall person which then makes me wonder is it my kid but uh we don't have to get into all that right now um i am here with my co-hosts ray and henry how are you doing guys it's great it's great are are you sure you didn't mess up the name because i pitched the idea to change it to the man the man bun uh podcast we we were having a little conversation (laughs) henry had his hair all the way pulled back um as ray previously described it as south park goth uh (laughs) but now he has it pulled back so uh it was man buns but i also explained uh I don't think I could develop a full man bun with my current coverage uh, on top. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's not quite a Tampa two. I run uh, it's, it's all man coverage right now and there's no over the top uh, help here. So you, you have like, a, like with your fade, Eamon, you have like a, like you, you have like a world war, like you run like a world war two um, club. That's what you have going on. It's very intelligent. That's- it's like you're ahead of it. Like Brad Pitt, like... I hear you're saying I look like Brad Pitt. I I think we should move on. That, that's yes, that's a good way to that, go. That that yes, is what like... I was going for. Me and Amy have a very similar haircut right now. I was going for the like my, like, my, his, mine's a like historian, older. like good historian, yeah. like like trendy uh, hipster historian. Well, like in the first year of the pandemic or first nine like months, you live in Brooklyn. Of the pandemic, I obviously I didn't go get haircut anywhere, but like I just shaved the sides and whatever. And I just let the top grow out. So I have like one picture on my phone where it's like, I pull the hair out and it's a good, like two or three feet past my face. Um, that's the longest my hair has ever been. Cause I, I get really hot on the sides. Can't sleep well with it like that. So sure got cornrows. <laughs> I don't, I think that would take a little too long during a pandemic. Um, gotcha. Um, but, um, so let's, let's get into it. We're going to talk about dudes we're spying on as it's like summertime and we're going to start hearing reports. We'll hear reports about DeAndre Hopkins going someplace and all this other stuff. Um, but, and we'll also talk about Jay leaving, which is sad, but also how we're going to move forward with all these new teams opening up. And, um, but let's start off with, um, what's on our mind. So whoever feels like going first, go for it. You got this right. I'm looking up the Bears. Oh, okay. The Bears. Um, so, um, I don't know. Uh, so, everybody's pretty much in New York here uh, or, or in New York right now. And if you take a look outside, um, well, now it's like pitch black outside right now. Normally at 732, there'd still be a little bit of light outside. Now, earlier in the day, I don't know if you guys saw maybe like an hour ago, it was like, looked like the world was going to end. And usually it's like, oh, it's going to rain. That is not about to be rain or anything like that. Edmonton has had but Alberta, the province in general, Calgary, Alberta, everybody, Edmonton, every city, crazy forest fires, like wildfires just going insane. I feel terrible for the for the wildlife and also two people can't go outside. Bobby hasn't wasn't able to go outside for a little while. Um, outside right now in New York, in New Jersey, there's fire, there's fires around um because of the, the smoke is also in the air if you go outside right now and breathe in the smoke that is smoke from alberta which is insane right there's fires going on right now in jersey 
other parts of New York. Um, all of that has brushed over the smoke. Um, you can smell it outside. That is all from Edmonton. If you guys don't have to go outside, um, don't go outside. Um, try and try and limit that. Um, because uh, the air quality is terrible right now in New York. Um, so hopefully this does not continue because Mel and Poppy and, and everybody in Edmonton, even when I was just up there, like it wasn't, it wasn't cool. You had to be inside. Um, so yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all uh, be, be safe out there right now um, in New York, especially, you know, breathing the air or whatever. Um, try not to be out too much if you don't need to be. Um, one more thing um, I wanted to, uh, do y'all trade a Joe's? Yeah, uh, not too often, but I'm aware. I'm going to go with top three, top three Trader Joe's snacks. Top three Trader Joe's snacks. Number three. Okay, you have not gotten them. They are the peanut butter caramel coated popcorn. Fantastic snack. It is delicious. Um, honestly, if you're going to do a snack, make sure it doesn't have a ton of ingredients on it. Um, also, too, I need to snack while we're doing this podcast. So, boom. That's number three. Number two, the dark chocolate. Again, if you're going to go chocolate, make sure it's dark chocolate. It's the best for your heart. Dark chocolate peanut butter cups. Fantastic. My God. Get them. They're at the, they're at the register. They're like a dollar. But only buy one. You buy a bunch, you're going to be eating them. And the number one snack, they have a little squirrel on the package. And they're peanut butter crispy rice chocolate covered. It's amazing. I'm talking about chocolate and peanut butter right now because we all like to watch football and have snacks. Um, it's fantastic. You need to load up on these. But also, um, I'm running a lot now, like an absurd amount of running because I'm getting ready for a big career change. So I'm trying to be in like super crazy good shape. And I'm just craving chocolate, man. Like craving it. I think I might be pregnant. But no, it's just the factor of science. When you're running more, you crave chocolates, crave sweets. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I had to say. Top three, Trade Joe Snacks. Are you trying to take Aaron Rodgers' uh, token black friend, Randall Cobb's career path? I'm um, getting to it. Seems like Al Lazard was going to take that, but you're you're trying to take is – that, is that the career change you're doing? You're close, but no cigar. Imagine, imagine like we have a fantasy league and like you you could draft me, right? That would be awesome, right? No, I'm not joining the NFL. Oh, I wouldn't be able to bet on you, would I? That, that would suck, right? Because like I would know you, so like might get a little weird. No, you would have to you. put you would have you would have to put in my bets. Oh, oh wait, have you heard that story or no? The Colts, there's a Colts yes. player. It's the it's a cornerback or something, right? It's like yeah. A, and he was—he had his friends sign him up for he—he he used his friends all of his information, but they figured out it's actually him. So he would—you wouldn't have Henry do your bets because they would figure it out. How would they figure it out? That, right? uh, I'm not gonna be a part of that. All right, all right. I'm just gonna bet your unders and you know, either be happy that you did well or be happy that I won money. All right, that's it. Emotional well, they, hedge. Emotional hedge. Emotional, all right. emotional hedges. All right. What do we do here? Uh, go ahead, Henry. You know, uh, I, I feel like I'm always sports-centric, so I'm just going to stay with that for now. It's hard of baseball season. I've been to two baseball games and disappointed in myself this year. The only two baseball games were when I was traveling. I went to Los Angeles to see the Mets in San Francisco. When I was all Disneyland trip, Boo. it was great. It was fun. But uh, 
I have not been to a Yankees or a Mets game this year. And I'm kind of bummed about that. You know, usually I'm out there 10, 15 times a year and it's June 6th today. Right? June 6th. Yeah. Sounds right. And uh, no, no baseball for Henry so far this year. So that, that's a little uh, saddening. I don't know. Just busy. Ray, the hotel is getting ready to open. We're going to open this Marriott in like a month. So you have to come by. You have to see it. It's seriously amazing. It's unreal. We'll do. We'll talk so, online. It's um, so different. It's so different. You, Laurent, like anyone that's worked at the hotel, they have to come and see it. That's really been my life for the past two months. Like, and I was supposed to work today, actually, but things got pulled around. I got to go on Thursday now. It's fine. It's cool. All love with the place, but it's just crazy now. And then we're opening. Wait. And then we're opening a, a hotel in Queens in September. So, a lot going on. Gotta see both. I'll be there, bro. Cool. That's all I got for that. Uh, what's on my mind? Um, so just a warning. Uh, Eamon's Aaron Rodgers tone is coming uh, forth for us. So if you want, if you don't like me being preachy or hearing my beliefs on stuff that isn't fantasy football related, go ahead. Skip ahead until you stop hearing me uh, be a crazy person. Um but I'm talking about the breaking news. I mean, today. what did he do? Uh, what? Well, we can also get to him later. But, um, but uh, the breaking news today, because we were recording on Tuesday, June six. Hopefully, I record it or I edit it and push it out either tonight or tomorrow. We'll see how Hank is doing. Um, but uh, the the big story today is Live and the PGA and the DP Tour. Not that anybody cares about that one, uh, have joined, uh, have merged. Um, and I think like, like I didn't really see it until, uh, my son fell asleep on my lap and I was like, I opened up Twitter and see what was going on. And I saw that that was the thing. And I genuinely, I really genuinely always, I'm not reactive. Like I genuinely try to get as much information about stuff, even Aaron Rodgers stuff. I watched his full uh, press conference where he lied about um, his vaccine status. And I watched all this stuff, but I tried to hear him and I didn't like, I didn't want to come to it from a cynical point of view, but like I watched a lot of clips and a lot of people and it's so lazy and disheartening. And I'm going to tie it into a bigger, more concerning uh, fascistic concern I have for us in the world and people who are being targeted. Um, but like, it's really important what, when they say moralists or whatever, there's two specific things. The people who are running the, the, the Saudi government who are the people who are funding the bank. So it's a one-to-one -one connection. Like the person who is running the live golf thing talks to the princes and the family and they, they funded and set up nine 11 to be super clear. Like we're New York centric, the three of us, like we know people like I worked at a golf course where there was multiple 9-11 charity events every year. Like that, like to be dismissive of people saying we don't want associated with that by just pretending we're some moralists, pretending like it's the same thing as like, you know, you're moralist. How do you treat people like that's that's not it. And the other really major problem is they are super human rights offenders. 
they execute people part of the LGBTQ community. Like that's their loss. That's not like that's not even like as fucked up as our our country is with our racism and how it attacks underprivileged people. Their laws are written that way. Like this is despicable. This is this is so nasty and disgusting and and upsetting and like it's a sport that doesn't have any self-awareness at all you have so basically one of the problems that they're the reason they did this was all the lawsuits but also because everybody was pulling out of golf sponsorships and they think it's somehow related to live they're pulling out of golf sponsorships because tiger woods is old and broken that's what made pga money like and then to to undercut Tiger Woods, who turned down a billion dollars from the Saudis, there's only one other name that ever changes the needle at all for ratings on golf. It's not Brooke Koepka. It's not Dustin Johnson. It's not any of those guys. It's Rory. And Rory was the face of anti-Saudi. And they fucking yep. undercut him. They, they fucking stabbed him in the back. You ruined the biggest star. Like, now, what interest does he have to do other than just go win majors? Like, he doesn't care about the stupid fucking waste management tournament in fucking Arizona. He thinks it's a fucking bunch of jerk-off drunks. Like, it, you know, and I think he would he was trying, he would support places like that because it helps get payments for the bottom 30 and 60 people who make the cut. But, like, that's, you know, this is really despicable. Like, to, like, have a... The sports washing level is like, you know, and, and you know, there's what aboutism, and it's so fucking stupid. You know, I I have so much anger towards this because like people just always want to do lazy sports or any any kind of radio, like Rush Limbaugh stupid radio, like welfare creams and all this shit, and pretend like everything's the same. It's like yes, the Canadian bank. Canadian bank open or whatever the fuck one like has some kind of financial ties. It's a huge fucking difference than to have the prince who's literally basically going to sit on the board of the PGA. Like there's no openly gay golf golfers like, or like, like just that is, there's no reason there will be one. And like what happens when Rory, like, do you think Rory is going to still speak up the way he's supposed to? Or do you think Rory is going to quit golf? So you're pushing away the current biggest star because of this. And like, who's even making this money? Like that's, you know, it's, it really comes down to that law lawsuit shit. And, you know, I just, I'm very concerned about what our country faces because trans people and LGBTQ people have been targeted the last 10 years. There's this like historically trans people have had a very high suicide rate. But it's been going up the last 10 years because fucking people have decided they need to talk about, uh, well, what happens if there's one trans person who tries to fight in the UFC one time? Well, we have to make over 600 laws in the last two years. 600 laws across this country. Not 600 laws of how to protect people from police. Not 600 laws of how to protect ourselves from poverty or guarantee health care and not cripple us. No, we're attacking trans people. And what we've done is we've taken one of the biggest sports in our country, which is still like seventh, but like, and made it clear that like, 
we don't care about people. And, you know, we all want to pretend like it's just this moralist thing. But, like, to be super fucking clear, let me just pull up these dates again. Nah, bro, you're not, you're, not, you're not wrong at all. Hitler came to power in fucking January 30th, 1933. May 6th, 1933. They they destroyed the fucking uh, institutes of sexology in Germany because they had trans education. That was the whole purpose. Like, this is the fascism we're facing. Um, I don't think it'll happen. I think golf is going to die. I think I have other thoughts that are less intense because, like, I do watch YouTube golf and flourishes. And what I will tell you is most like TaylorMades, Callaways, uh, all those people have stopped sponsoring other than the top 10% of golfers have stopped sponsoring those lower guys. And they've started feeding the money into the YouTube influencers. Like PJ's on the way down and they've chosen this path. So they won't go bankrupt, but they, they're going to be irrelevant and they're going to create this like, okayness for now Saudi money to come in and, and give money towards um I don't know the Jaguars like if Shad Khan finally just goes like I'm completely incompetent why why wouldn't they just buy the Jaguars and then we have to have that conversation I mean literally the Saudis have so much money that they could buy basically the entire NFL and and we will have to like deal with like the idea of like oh they're a, a Super Bowl winning quarterback is gay, but he can't kiss his partner on the on the field because that's the rule. Like it is, it is disturbing and upsetting. And I watched a lot of like, I tried to watch like, uh, people's opinions. Um, there's a really good guy. If anybody cares, I could share with like who's been very good speaking about the Saudi situation, about the absurdity of Phil Mickelson's comments and what he would want currently if what he would want to hear from the Saudi government now that there's a deal in place. But there's also like Dan Patrick, he doesn't care. Like, you know, I don't watch sports for morals. So it's like, were you saying that? Like, like we, that's bullshit. You guys all fucking want a grandstand on Jackie Robinson. And then when it's a different group of people, you're all fucking cool with just putting your hands up. Um, uh, Colin Cowherd, fucking you, PJ, yelled at your players for being moralists. It's like, fucking, I know you've talked about people who died in 9 11 that you knew. You don't care? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, it's typical old white guy. It doesn't affect me. I don't care. We have to all pretend like that's not fucking hatred towards people. And, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm livid. You guys can talk about it. You guys don't have to talk about it. I might still respond more after you talk, but um, it's just so disgusting. And I don't like if, if the NFL got bought up like that, I don't know what I would do. I would really have a lot of thought about not watching football. I mean, you, you kind of hit it. You kind of hit the nail in the head. But I mean, again, like how you said, it's like the old boys club and they kind of just like it's like everybody's evil until they're doing business with us. Right. It's like it's been like the American way, right? When it comes to like oil and all this other stuff, right? Like everything that's ever been, right? It's like you hit the nail on the head, bro. Like it's, it's, it. I was shocked. I was also shocked that no one knew. It's just like the PGA commissioner kind of just like sprung it on everybody. Like how we found out about it. That's how all the players found out about it. I feel really bad 
for the dudes who actually took a stand and was like, no, 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 I'm not doing that. And then like, do, now do they get their pockets lined? Because it's like, yo, they turned down a bunch of money too. Like, you know what I mean? For them, for them just to like come over and this happens, right? Like, you know, I mean, but again, like this ain't, it's not like it's the NFL or it's not like it's the NBA. I mean, I don't really care about PGA. And also too, like, I just assume, I assume this from the folks who run PGA, like, you know, like I think there's a tournament called the Masters and, you know, like there's the, the double eagle club. Um, double eagles is like a secret society of uh, KKK members uh, that carried out special, like, quote unquote, special missions. Um, the double eagles club is like where people go within, in a, when they're in Augusta. Like, I expect this from, I expect this from those people. Like, I just do. I just, I, I, I can't say I'm surprised. I'm also like, kind of like, mortified because of again i didn't know that like like when you said these are the people who sponsored 9-11 for lack of better words like that's wild and now we're in bed with them so you know crazy it's it's disheartening you know like i not not the last podcast i was talking about how i was excited i went to the pga championship it was you know fun like they're they're growing the game like i'm not young but i'm not old either you know like you want to keep growing the game you know like when i have kids i want to eventually you know like introduce them to golf and stuff like that and it's it's disheartening to do stuff like that you know like what are you saying to the people that like i I wasn't even paying attention to live golf at all honestly i was like those guys want to go make money cool great like i don't i don't care you know like i'm gonna i'm gonna keep watching rory i'm gonna keep watching tiger it's gonna be fun and it's very disheartening for me it I, I don't want to say I'm going to stop like following and watching like as I get older, like golf is one of the only sports I'm capable of playing besides bowling because I'm just, I never was in good shape and I was never that athletic and it's fun for me, but it, I don't know. Like I, I put in me and my friends, we put in these raffles to like go see the masters and go see this stuff and spend this money. And the news comes out today. It's like, do, do I even want to go now? Like, right. Do, do I want to be a part of this? And also just because I had so many thoughts, um, a couple of things to just address um, just before I go into the other thing. I also saw Mike Trico's interview, which I was shocked at how bad he was. Uh, he was on the Italian Stallion. Uh, he was on NBC Sports and he literally was said this several. It's I, I don't like I think we're going to find out some reporting that this wasn't as small of a group as everybody wants to pretend to be. Or maybe they will pretend that, but it was very clear Mike Trico knew he would be broadcasting from there and was dancing around anything. It's like, it's not our job to talk about morals. You're like, what are you talking about? That's all you guys ever do is 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 like talk about how great somebody who overcame adversity was or like he just had to keep saying like it's not it's not our job to decide what's moral and not and you're like that's insane that's stupid um you're you're expecting anything else from a dude who says i'm not black you expect anything else from him i don't i like i i don't i'm not shocked at any of these people <laughs> if that's the thing you can look it up mike mike Tirico says he's not black he says he's italian right but is he actually italian i guess i assume that no that's his, his man is is no, 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 no. His like adopted parents are Italian. He's black. Oh, He's as okay. black as I am. I am black. Oh, okay. Well, that makes Just more sense. Up. I, I, I thought. Let you guys know. 
Um, but also like, and I, I, I have this, like, I don't want to say who they are. Um, I've had somebody ask me like, why do you think it matters? Or why does, why is it such a big deal? And it's like, because they do this thing. It's like, well, like FedEx is like somewhat owned by like some, like there's some investment there. And it's like, there's a huge difference of packaging, producing, creating something and distributing it to places that have different value zones. And I, I, you know, I, I, you know, I know you love Levitard and, um, I don't want to, I'm not overly informed on Cuba. Like I kind of understand the basics. I also think us cutting off relationships with them has made it harder for that country to come back and be a democracy or be something else. Um, I think our values with our culture, with sports, with entertainment, with all of this stuff, we have an opportunity to spread the idea of like, hey, women aren't property. They're smart, they're hardworking, they're successful. Um, you know, people who are different skin color than us, they are also people and should be treated as such. Uh, obviously, I talked about sexual stuff. Like, Marvel, like, their last three movies haven't gone to the Middle East because they're, all their local governments have insisted they remove any reference to uh, gay characters or anything like that. And Marvel's like, we'll just lose that you know, chunk of the market because we're not going to remove that. Like, it's not, it's not hard for these big companies to do this. And like, again, like it's such a, it's a, such a despicable, lazy, scary thing. And like, everybody is just still in this, like, what about, what about? And it's like, just think about the people who are going to be affected. I'm sick of pretending that you're, you're lazy, somewhat, pretend cynical argument is actually valuable. Think about the consequences. Think about the consequences of all of this shit. That's how we should go. Like, I don't know. Um, and I, I can probably talk about it more, but also like, I think I've said my piece. I'm, I'm pretty, it just was so upsetting. I mean, like what happens if like my son Hank could hit a ball 350 yards and can fucking drain 18 foot putts regularly. And he's either gay or trans or non-binary, or he marries a guy and like he's super successful on the tour. Like there's no other competitive sport where this will happen. And everybody will pretend like, oh, the Saudis aren't saying directly this, this can't happen. Like there's a reason there's no out gay golfers. It's not because there's no gay golfers. It's because people are afraid because of the old fucking white men and like this, you know, let this sport league die like it's it's been it's the wrongest of the wrong baseball's not too far behind it on a lot of stuff but like the idea that the nfl and the nba have more openly gay players than baseball and and uh uh golf is is pretty crazy because like i would assume nfl locker room is not overly inviting to this stuff but all right, moving on to stuff that's not awful. Well, it is sad, but uh, our former league champ, Jay, is leaving, which like leaves only one league champ in the league, uh, Mr. Henry here. Um, he uh, he messaged me last night, Monday night. Um, you know, he said basically a lot of the same stuff he said in chat, but like he, he just like, he didn't feel like, 
he had the intensity for this league, which is I totally respect it. And I'm glad he's stepping out knowing that like, you know, that that negatively affects the league and it makes it harder to move forward. I know I know some stuff. So I mean like I I I know that like you know off season trades for a lot of people is like too much. Like they don't want to see it. Like I know my brother doesn't like it. Um and I you know I feel like like I think about my Jalen Hurts trade last year. And in a super intense league, I think that was right. But like, I didn't want to make any trades that were not with like people who were really into fantasy all the time. Um, so I just, I don't know. I was just thinking about a lot of like what this league is, what we're going to cater to. Cause I think in reality, as much as like I'm a diehard and Henry, you're a diehard and Ray, you're a diehard, is I think the majority of this league is still like, Let's think about fantasy in August. Like once December happens and I'm eliminated from playoffs, I don't really want to think about it till August. And I think like I shouldn't force that intensity all year round, which I don't think I do, but like I, I do think I find creative ways to put that energy for. So um I'm just yeah, I just appreciate Jay stepping taking um uh, taking the bull by the horns and and uh I don't know. I don't know. I'm rambling on. I'm just saying I appreciate him like just saying like, hey, this isn't for me anymore. I don't want to ru- ruin anything or anything like that. So uh, before we talk about moving on, um, you know, he was a league champ. He he picked up. Uh, he kept Christian McCaffrey, which. I'll tell you, like, after the first year, I was making my own like mock drafts and I would just like. I assumed McCaffrey was going to go back in the pool because he was a third round keeper. And I kept on drafting him at like 110 or 112, which I gave myself. And I was like, oh, yeah, my team's going to be so good. And then when he kept him, I'm like, oh, man, that sucks. But I guess he probably overpaid a little bit. And then that was the McCaffrey year. Uh, he went on to win it. Um, that The early parts of the league, it was it was very much if you had the one running back, you won. Um, Matt won the first year because Ty Gurley – like came back from his bounce back year. Um and then Chris McCaffrey. Um and you know the third year had a lot of it wasn't a real championship, but Chubb obviously played a role. Um but yeah, Jay was a great manager. I don't know if you guys have anything you want to say. I didn't I didn't know Jay. I've only known him through here and a couple of messages, but you know um he was a great manager it you know everything that you said he was smart he was intelligent and the fact that he knew when to step away because he wasn't going to contribute it, it's something to really salute and applaud because you know i've been in other leagues where some people are just there because they've been in, in the league for forever and it's sort of like their team is just wasting away down at the bottom they're not really paying attention not contributing and i think this is a league that has thrived on like communication and activity. So um, I applaud him for that. And uh, hopefully he wants to play again soon, you know, maybe in a couple of years he gets the fire again and, you know, he can come back. Yeah. I think his son's like two years old. So I, I'm not saying that's what it was, but that might be it. Like, just like, um, just a time sucking. You want to spend your time with your kid instead of trying to figure out who the, breakout tight end is and 
and actually knowing subconsciously, there's not going to be a breakout tight end. There's never a breakout tight end. They all, it's either Trav, Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews or not. But I mean, you never know. Um, before I send off Jay, um, damn, Donaldson just ranged and made a crazy throw to first. Jesus Christ. Um, Jay, uh, you were, uh, you were dope as hell. I thought he was a dope manager. Um, having McCaffrey, having McCaffrey, having Gurley that year and then having McCaffrey that year is obviously guaranteed you a win. Um, just like having, what's the dude's name on, uh, the Rams? I always forget his name. CJ Anderson? The dude, the receiver. Oh, Cooper Cup? Cooper Cup, right? Like having McCaffrey that was one of those, it was one of those years. Having Derrick Henry the year, um, Henry won. Um, like crazy year. Um, he was great with communication. Um, Jay was Jay was an active manager in the league. He tried to make moves. Um, I thought he was really invested in it. And um, as much as I called him a Kentucky fraud, he really wasn't. He was he was a great manager, and he was really really fun to have in the league. And I already expressed I expressed that I think um in the chat, but I'll do it again here. Jay, you will be missed, my man. Um. So obviously, I, I don't know. It was Saturday or Sunday morning. I sent out the. Hey, this is what my plan is moving forward with the league. Um, so I already started thinking about like, well, what do we do with the teams? Because at the time it was just Brad's old team and Matt's old team, and you know we're gonna we're we're just gonna reverse the Mahomes thing unless somebody threatens to light themselves on fire. That's just gonna happen. Um, I I think when we do the July thing, there's a handful of things I'm just gonna say. We're gonna do this unless there's a protest. If there's a protest, we'll vote. Just because I don't know if we need to vote for some of the stuff. Um, so I think what I thought when it was Matt and Brad was because um, they actually have back to back draft slot selection. So it doesn't really help there too much. But I figured what we would do is one team would get Matt's picks. Second team would get uh, Brad's picks, but they would get to pick keepers first in each round. So like. Brad would the the person replacing Brad would get the first selection of a keeper, and the person replacing Matt would get the second selection of a keeper, and then the person replacing Brad would get the third, replacing Matt's fourth, fifth, and sixth. Um, so now with Jay, it's a it's a slightly little different because he has all of his capital, um, no extra, no uh, less, um, but he doesn't have good keepers. So I'm guessing um, what we would do is we'd still do that. So the manager who gets Brad's draft capital will get the first selection of keepers. Person who gets Jay's capital will get the second selection. And and then uh, person who gets Matt's picks get the third. And then it would just be a linear for three keepers. And I was thinking we could do this before August. Um, and then if people get injured, they can go back in and pick the next group out of those available keepers. And obviously if there's another team that gets out, we would have to slightly change around, but that's where I'm, my thoughts are. I don't know if you guys have thoughts or you want to critique that idea, uh, but go for it. Uh, I think my thoughts are very similar with like, sort of like a, a draft pool. I think maybe just trying to even out the draft capital, maybe between the teams, like try to get everybody starting on the, same base and then doing some sort of like snake draft with the keepers like we do. But I, 
I, I think that idea is very close to something I would support for them. And um, obviously, I think when we decide or, you know, whenever the three people that want to join, join, their input is uh, big on this as well, you know. Um, uh, they're going to have an opinion. They're taking over a team in a league. It, it's a keeper league. It's it's not just, you know, like a one-year redraft commitment where it's like, if I don't want to be here, whatever. Like, you're committing to multiple years. So, uh, I'd, I'd be on board with that. I mean, I, I, obviously, like, you know, the idea is really good, but obviously, you know, like, we don't – this isn't a very unprecedented circumstance, so, you know, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any one correct answer, but I mean, this sounds, this does sound good. So, you know, I guess we'll, as it unfolds, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and like, listen, if somebody has a better idea, message or put it in the Slack and I'll, I'll uh, totally happy to listen to somebody's idea. Uh, I mean, the, the biggest thing is I don't want to, create too much more work for me because even in that setup it would require me um to either change draft picks around in sleeper which is like not the funnest easiest thing to do um but also like i will have to write out a document that has all the keepable available players with the rounds that are keep and then start an email chain and have them pick and like so like that is several steps for me, which I don't mind, but like, I know sometimes people want to come up with the most elaborate ideas. I'm like, I'm not really up for that. Uh, mm-hmm. And also like, I just, I also don't want to overwhelm people coming in. Cause like whoever comes in, whoever invites people in, I want them to, under, I want them to really communicate like what this league is. Like um, we're going to go for the most fun, fair league possible, but it is demanding it, it was, requires a lot of attention when you are paying attention. Like, it's not just like, oh, I, I like, there is like an element of like, you know, Jalen extracurricular, there's extracurricular um, things in the league that you might not get in the mm-hmm. center league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I'm not like, if I traded like Jalen Hurts for Devontae Adams in the middle of the season next year, like, that's something like somebody might not realize like, no, you traded away one of the two most valuable pieces in the sleek uh, for a guy you can't keep. So like, that's crazy. Um, so I just, I will make sure whoever brings them in, they kind of have to like really get this. So we don't like create a bad situation. Um, and just uh, since we're talking about my post on Saturday, um, just a couple rules that I will want to vote on ahead of time. I know Henry, you have the, move up the draft slot selection. We'll do that in the, in the draft or in the July meeting. A um, couple other things where I think like a rule that I haven't really talked about, but I, I just feel more strongly. Um, I don't know if it'll be for all player, all, all managers, but I think definitely if you've traded future capital and you finish in the prize money, um, 50 your next year's donation will be retained. Um, just because in a situation like this year, the league champ traded away all of his picks and then he left. And it's not like he left $50 to say like, Hey, I fucked up. I, I screwed you guys. Whoever takes over my team should get this $50. That wasn't a thing. So I, I think, you know, this happens in dynasty when you trade future picks. Um, 
you're expected to pay the league dues for whenever year you have trade your future picks. So I, I think that might be something, like I said, might only be the league champ or it might be anybody who's traded future picks who's finished in the prize money. So if you're third, you usually win $50, but if you traded like a second and a third from next year, you're just going to get your $50 winning applied to the next year. Um, You know, I've discussed it, the fairness, whether we're, we're, by the letter of the law or the attention of the law. So we'll do that. Um, I think those are the big things. Like if there's like scoring changes, I feel that's a more of an August thing. We should, we should try to get people's opinions. Who's joining the league on that type of stuff. But I, I think these things that are like systemic for our league, it should be the people who've been around and understand the league better. Uh, just so we don't have to like get bogged down and explaining why we're doing what we're doing. Um, I agree with that. I, I don't I don't think I have any big um point changes or rule changes aside from just wanting to like if we want to be a league that's gonna trade draft picks in the offseason, obviously. Um I just think we should do that sooner so that we have a better clarity. Um other than that, I don't think I'll have anything. Maybe something comes up as I read Twitter and listen to podcasts, but I, I don't anticipate it. Well, we have to. Same. One thing we definitely have to vote on is Fab, because it's one of those. Uh, we tried it for a year. I don't know. We haven't talked about that. Let's uh, let's have talk about that, Ray. I think you felt most strongly um, before the season. Um, how do you feel about renewing Fab? Do you want to do Fab or you want to go back to Wave Wire? Uh, nah, Fab is Fab is great. I was uh, extremely resistant um, to it, but now I don't see any other way to do it and i kind of want like I, I i've been hearing like not that i've listened to any podcasts yet because again i'm on the frank diet and the laurent diet when it comes to fantasy because what they do works and i like that i'd rather be frank and laurent rather than be you guys right i'd much rather be there it's time it's time consuming sometimes you know i mean i get a train ride but i, I mean listen i'm just saying if I could just kick back and like chill all summer, because when I was like getting my sheets and I'm like this, ah, I was stressed out. Right now, skin's good. Last year, the skin was good. I killed it last year. Anyway, um, I'm I'm listening to them say that they, you have now have money for picks and bidding and drafting. And again, I know not this. That's not a thing we would do this year because we have uh. We have a we have a situation already, but like in the future, maybe we bid on picks and stuff like that or whatever money for this player or whatever. That seems really cool too. But Fab, I think we should keep doing it again. I think it's the only way to do it. Waiver wire sucks compared to Fab, and, but I think we should. I th- what I do think we should do is okay. We do two hundred dollars Fab or whatever, three hundred or four hundred, whatever we do. If we do two hundred, I think once the playoffs start, your Fab should be reset. To like a hundred bucks. Felt like I lost out during thing. I think so. that I think that's just a strategy of Fab though. Like, do you want to burn it on a player week two, or do you want to be someone like me who sort of like saves it, you know, for an emergency where after the trade deadline, where I can't make an emergency trade and stuff like that? It's a conversation to have. Um, I do think there's merit to restoring it for the playoffs, but does every team get it? Because our playoffs are different from other playoffs you know like everyone 
can make a move in our playoffs. Whereas other leagues, if you didn't make the playoffs, you get locked yeah. out. I, I think um, resets. I think resets for everybody. And also, again, if you're alluding to me spending thirty dollars on Taysom Hill, I will spend thirty dollars for that thirty-eight point game every single time. Count on it. Bank it. Guys I mean, who I'm watching. Guys who I'm watching. Spoiler alert: Taysom Hill. I mean, it, fantasy football is a week-to-week sport. You get you, you get a guaranteed win by spending thirty-five. I I do think that's a good um, spend. I think you know if you want to like hold on to Taysom Hill the rest of the season, that's not the story. But you know, spoiler alert: might keep him. <laughs> um, I, I I do I, I like Fab. I think it's the most fair. I think. When you haven't used Fab before, it might be an unfair advantage to like someone like me who's used it before. Me? Amen. No, me, sorry. Uh, uh, um, I think someone like me who um, has used Fab before, I might have had a little bit of an advantage last year. I don't think I really tried to take advantage of knowing Fab before. I didn't really throw money at players. I sort of just held it to myself as an emergency. Definitely um, didn't show when we played. Kicked your ass. Well, well, so yeah. there, there's a couple of things I'd like to add. Because like, I have played in leagues with it, but like I, I haven't played with enough leagues year over year. Maybe, uh, Henry, you have, and that's why I'm, I'm wondering because I felt like half the league had like over ninety dollars in Fab in November, and that felt a little weird. Um, and I just, I don't know if that's the normal operating procedure. Then I feel like. Like, I think it becomes a question of, like, are we valuing stuff properly or are people engaged? Because, like, I think there was at least two people who had over $100 or not over $100, but had $100 fab in November. And there was other people, like, I remember seeing, like, 88 and 91. Like, I have visually burnt in my head. Like, what are you guys waiting for? Like, it was even, like, to block people. So there's... we don't block. I mean, I that's think the other thing. Like, nobody I think there, there is, and this is, this, is, this is where I think, like, the... Maybe people that haven't used it before don't really know how to use a thing came into play. Myself, I'm very much a, if we have a trade deadline and I can't make moves after the trade deadline and let's say Derrick Henry goes down after the trade deadline, like it happened the one year, like I want to like, I, I never used my waiver when I, when we did waivers, like we always had like the same, like I never used my waiver. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't participate in Wednesday waivers whenever our waivers was. Um, I would always just like, if I need the player, I'm going to save it because like, this is my lifeline here. Um, and that's one school of thought. There are other people that just want to, like, I want to try and get the best player available that week, cycle through, do that. I, I think it's a different strategy. Um, and I think when you start fab, uh, some people like are going to blow $80 week one because they don't understand that you need to use it the whole season. Other people just aren't going to use it because they don't know how it works. I think now that the league knows how it works and, Saw what people did. Uh, I think a hundred is too low, just because like one dollar is one percent. Whereas if we bring it up to two hundred or three hundred dollars, it gives you a little bit of flexibility. Where like you know that you can spend two or three times and probably beat someone instead of like okay, if I spend six dollars this time, I'm probably not going to win anybody I really want later on in the season. Um, and it's a discussion again to just have and live and learn. And I- I'm okay with both settings, honestly. Um, I'm not going to change the way I use fab i'm not going to change the way i use waivers myself i think it's a preference for people and a discussion to have and people need to evaluate you know what what they like more Hey, deadline i'm also gonna pitch moving back because i don't i think it's too early 
I'm, I'm a late trade deadline guy. I think like, especially in a league like ours where it's a keeper league and stuff like that, there's no reason for an early trade deadline. Like, no reason. No reason. I, Before I mean, trade deadline. yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I've always said I really believe the best players in fantasy should be in the championship game. So, like, you know, people – like, I shouldn't have been holding on to Jonathan Taylor last year. But, like, I wasn't out. And if I was going to be in the playoffs, I would have needed him. And, like, you know, if somebody would have came and gave me, like, a fourth or a fifth round pick for him because, like, I knew I was basically mathematically limited, I think that would have made the championship and the playoffs more interesting. Um, But, yeah. um, Yeah, I don't know how I feel about Fab. I don't – I I think it was fine. <laughs> like, I'm not – I'm really – like, I guess I'll lean to keep – stay with Fab, but, like – um, it was just a weird year, and it, like every time I play with it, it feels like a little weird. And like, um, I'd like to see people, like I would like to see what it is like in two or three years in our league, where it seems like everybody actually understands it. Because, like I said, I think, I think there was people who could have blocked other managers from like defenses or quarterbacks they needed, and they never spent that money. And it's just like, like, what are you doing? Um, so I just hope that is something uh, that happens. Uh, What's the difference between them not spending the money and them not using a waiver? Well, people used to use waivers. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I th- for some reason, I think it was either Brad or Mike who, like, could have blocked their playoff opponents from picking up somebody they needed, and they just didn't spend the fab. And I know both those guys probably would have used a waiver claim to block them. It was just a weird choice. Um. So, okay, um, we can probably just start quickly. Um, Man, I destroyed this whole bag. That was full when we started, bro. I'm telling you. Um. So let's let's do our one topic, and then we're we're done. Um. This will be the shortest podcast in a while, I think. But uh, dudes, we're spying on. I think this was like literally the first topic, which uh, was recorded like twice originally because we did like a three-hour one and like it was just stumbling and rambling but uh now we're getting closer to like just making it seem like it's supposed to be two hours intentionally or three hours intentionally. um so dudes are spying on jacob Degrom, tommy john surgery second time in career gonna go undergo it jesus christ yeah it's very emotional about it jacob de arm um, so dudes are spying on is like, nope, okay. <laughs> dudes are spying on is uh, the topic is, is the idea of like, hey, I don't know where I stand on this guy. Um, I'm interested to hear about like camp reports, buzz like stories. Like, an example of where it could possibly go terribly wrong was all the hype around Alan Robinson. Like, everybody, like, every day was showing a video of him, like mossing these undrafted free agents and then nobody's pointing out their undrafted free agents so when they go when he goes and plays real cornerbacks it's like oh he's not mossing them they're not they're not undersized slow cornerbacks um but sometimes there there is like there is well i mean i don't know because i I said i was going to give the josh jacobs example but literally all of the preseason hype was negative around him um I don't know who's a good example of somebody, but there is there is stories usually of positive situations. Um, 
so Henry, who is the the first guy you're spying on? Like you're you're looking for Twitter tweet tweets about like how great he is, or coaches saying like, hey, we plan a big role for this guy. So uh, the first guy that I'm looking at, and spoiler alert, I'm keeping Mark Andrews, but you know I love my tight ends. Um, it's gonna be Greg Dulcich. You know, we Sean Payton's the coach there now. I don't love Russell Wilson, but Sean Payton has a track record of trying to use his tight ends. So uh, the stuff I'm hearing right now is to just keep an eye on Greg Dulcich during preseason. Uh, so I'm gonna keep my eye out there because maybe he can be my next TJ Hawkinson. You know, although if Hawkinson falls to the sixth or seventh round, I might just pick him. Well, I might just keep him. We'll see. But uh, Greg Dulcich. Number one guy, Sean Payton, tight end. We all know what Jimmy Graham was for fantasy. And then once he left uh, New Orleans, we saw what he was. So, Greg Dulcich, number one. Ray, who, who are you uh, Who are you spying this summer? Um. So, spoiler alert, I'm not sure if I'm going to keep Hopkins. It just depends on where he lands. If he lands on the Jets, definitely going to keep him. If he lands on the Bills with Josh Allen, and it's going to force me to put me in a position to root for Josh Allen. I'm going to immediately holler at Henry if he wants to stack because I cannot root for Josh Allen. Um, it's my story. And I'm sticking to it. Um, my, my stack's going to be Diggs and Allen. So I don't need Hopkins. It's good. Anyway, um, sticking with the Broncos, um, if I happen to make some sort of trade, um, Russell Wilson, man. Down year last year, um, coaching wasn't great. Uh, coaching was actually terrible. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with how well you play and how deep you go. Um, I think uh, Russell gets back on track. I think they fixed a bunch of stuff. Um, Sean Payton has a track record of success with shorter quarterbacks. And I think he can wrangle in uh, whatever the hell is going on with Russell Wilson. So that's the dude who I have an eye on. Especially if I can make a trade or make a move and dangle DeAndre Hopkins to somebody, because I mean he's is a very attractive uh, piece. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, Russell Wilson's interesting because, like, uh, you know, he's his own kind of self hype creator, so like oh, it's yes. gonna feel here it goes. No, I'm just I'm just saying it's gonna be hard to like feel it's sincere and like trust it. Like I I don't know if I would trust him saying like oh I'm in I'm in the best shape of my life. Like I don't know if I would trust that. Um, hmm. you won't trust a professional athlete when he says I'm in the best shape of my life. Gotcha. Well, almost least... almost there's like a there has to like somebody has to do a study on this. But like, how many of those guys say I'm in the best shape of my life and they get injured in the first month of the season? I bet it's like at least over thirty percent. Because it's usually old dudes. It's old injuries dudes. don't necessarily mean you're in bad shape, right? No, I, it I, could I, just be Michael Thomas. <laughs> like you can, you can look like like a, you know shredded and stuff, but that, like Michael Thomas, that, that also doesn't mean you're in like the best shape. Or you can like. Again, Nikola Jokic is my favorite basketball player ever because why? He's the greatest ever. Why? The Joker. He does. He does the most with less. He is Larry Johnson. He is Magic 
he's he's Magic Johnson. He's he's Larry Bird. He is he is Jerry West. He is everything. He's everybody who's ever played ever. He's LeBron. He's Michael Jordan. Like he is amazing. He's Shaq, and he does he 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 doesn't have weak ankles or weak hips or anything like that. But he doesn't necessarily look like he's in shape. So you know, the clown prince of crime. Jack Napier. Um, and then the guy I'm watching uh, right now, um, for a lot of reasons, is uh, Mr. Saquon Barkley. Um, he hasn't signed his franchise tag. Uh, there seems to be... I I think the Giants will do right by him and give him some kind of... I, I always bring it up because I, I think it was like a, a great idea that Tennessee did, and it's created like a good relationship with the with him with Derrick Henry and the team. Um, but basically it's a deal where you just guarantee the franchise tag for like two or three years. Um, and you just say that's the deal. Um, but I think, you know, it'll be, it'll be tough. Cause if he holds out, you know, I, I never want holdouts. They always pop their hamstring either late in camp or the first month of the season. And they're never the same. And He's going to be a running back taken in the back half of the first round. So he might be somebody who I, in my range, and I would love to have him one more time before he retires. Um, but I, I don't want it to be in a situation where I'm like, he hasn't reported to camp yet, or he just reported on week three. Um, very nerve wracking. And also like if the coaches start saying like, well, we want lighting his load and we want to, you know, the reason why we bought we we not bought but we signed like 17 uh wide receivers under the under six feet tall was to lighten the load on Saquon Barkley. So um these are things I'm just keeping in mind. Like if if they sign a deal in July and he's there day one camp, uh I'm all bored on the Barkley train this year because I do think he'll still get the same amount of touches and make the same amount of plays. And I still think he's the best uh touchdown score on this team Darren Waller is finally a second option but the rest of the team don't have guys they can go to in the red zone uh, uh yeah but Barkley and I, I read today that there's still no progress on any sort of a contract uh, yeah um, I think I saw something last week where they're like offered him slightly less than they did before the draft so they've lowered I their think- rate I think I think like the Jets you said, like Quinn's gonna get done. I think something with Barkley will get done. Um I think the whole Daniel Jones extension revolves around Saquon the first couple of years with it. Uh, it was a very good dynamic that they had going. Trying to mess that up would not be ideal at this point. But you know, Dable's a good coach. And you always wanna like pay your like you have to find boundaries with this, but you always want to pay your guys to make sure like the locker room knows like, Hey, if you play well here, you're going to get paid. Exactly. Um, exactly. It's it's like the Jets and corner Williams right now. Like Sala came out today and said like, they're going to get it done. We're not worried about it. He'll be here. Like take care of the guys. So that saw Scarrett Wilson, all these guys that we just drafted, like know that they're safe. Same thing with the giants. Uh, Red or sorry, Henry, what, what, who's your second guy you're spying? Second guy I'm spying. I'm, I'm going to save my stud that I'm spying for my last pick. But this is pod number 66, Eamon. I don't know if you know that. Ray, you know that? Pod 66. So I thought I'd bring a little Route 66 into this. Let's start Route 66 with the Chicago Bears. Khalil Herbert 
you know, there's a lot going on in Chicago. Justin Fields is obviously quarterback one, running back one, player one on that team. They brought in Donta Foreman. They drafted Roshan Johnson. But Khalil Herbert's the guy that's been there. He's been a little hurt. But I'm just very interested. I think this could be another pick, you know, later on in the draft where there might be some value here. You know, maybe, maybe it's another Raheem, uh, Raheem Mostert type value. Maybe, you know, Darrell Henderson, something like that, where – they're not the guy at the start, but they're getting enough reps. They've been there. They know the system that he's going to be the guy. So Khalil Herbert, someone that I'm really interested in. The entire Chicago Bears running back situation, I'm obviously going to keep my eye on. But Khalil Herbert in particular. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be the guy. Like, Ray will go before me, but I'll have another guy who's probably going to get drafted around the same time where it's um, even the upside of Khalil Herbert isn't a top 12 running back. But just because number one, uh, running quarterbacks tend to not throw the ball to their running backs because it's easier for them just to tuck it and get the yardage themselves versus trying to throw it, hope they catch it, and they don't like bobbling and lose that. But so like Clear Herbert is like his upside is probably like RB fifteen, but like if you draft him in the eighth or ninth round, that's really good value. Um, and yeah, it's it's unclear who who's. Who's the favorite in that backfield? Obviously, he's kind of the favorite, but, you know, they brought in old Deontay Freeman and uh, Roshan is, uh, you know, it's always worth drafting a rookie. So if he's on the board in the 14th round, that'd be also somebody interesting. Uh, Ray, who's your second player? So it's not necessarily one player in particular. It's a backfield. Um, this also goes along with because again, I don't know if I'm keeping DeAndre Hopkins. It, it depends on what team he goes to, how he's looking. Um, it's the Dolphins' backfield. Um, uh, the stat. I mean, I could always keep uh, my guy Jeff Wilson. Um, then also, to depending on who, what, like who goes. Like, is is Dalvin Cook going to go there? Right? Is Raheem Mostert going to get a lot of touches? Um, I am really interested in how it's going to look is is Raheem Mostert going to be the one that gets hurt this year and Jeff Wilson takes off right like and again with my pick situation having a a running back who's going to get a lot of touches in that backfield is going to be like a big thing especially because Jeff Wilson is the one who is the pass catching back out of that backfield and then again if Dalvin Cook goes there then I'm not touching either one of them right so um, I've got, I have my eye on the backfield of the Dolphins. Yeah, and that, also A-Chain. That'll be... Which day? And also Devon A-Chain, who knows if that's like... Yeah. This this very much could be that Saints backfield um, from, I don't know, six years ago, where it was like mm-hmm. Mark Ingram and Adrian Peterson, and then there was this like third-round rookie signing every down back, and he blew up fantasy football on Brian somehow had like one of the best values ever and couldn't make the playoffs after the first year. Um, Cool. Um, Yeah. I also have running back. um, Mr. Damian Harris. Uh, Mm. I think um, he's not, he doesn't have top 12 upside also. He's exact. I think in a lot of ways it's very similar to Khalil Herbert. Um, instead of clear Harbor as like unrealized opportunity, uh, Damien Harris has proven to have a certain skill set. Um, and as long as they say like, Hey, 
we we love Damian Harris. He has a role on our team. I assume that role will be goal line back and first and second down, which again, it's not gonna get top twelve, but it's gonna give you good quality. And then like if he's one of my, you know, Ken Walker's my, you know, hero RB, and I get a couple guys like a clear Herbert and Damian Harris, Damian Harris can just give me a touchdown every other week and then like fifty or sixty yards. I feel pretty good about that. Um and I, I do think like it could get scary if like they go like James Cook has come back and has completely elevated his game and he hasn't played this. And also like they could also be a sneaky team to sign Dalvin Cook. I don't think they will. Hmm. But you know, maybe maybe Dalvin Cook signs someplace, that team flames out, they drop him in the middle of the season, and they pick up Dalvin Cook for the playoff run and steal Damon Harris's role. Um, I think these are all possibilities. So it's, I just want to make sure they love Damian Harris, but otherwise I think I'm targeting kind of the same thing for Singletary, but, um, I don't really want to talk to him, but I, I do think like in that like eight, nine round, if one of those guys is there, I'll probably take them. So uh, it, it, it's funny that you're bringing up, Dam- I mean, Damian Harris has been my guy the last three years. Like I've had him on the team. I love Damian Harris. But I saw, like, as we were talking today, and I'm scrolling through Twitter, I saw something, a uh, highest touchdown percentage on carries inside the five-yard line among 25 most used goal line RBs in 2022. So uh, number one was Eckler at 75%. Number two is Derrick Henry at 66%. Number three was Cam Akers, 62.5%. And four was Zeke at 56 But if you scroll down here to these bottom guys, Devin Singletary was 28.6%. So that's something that Buffalo was really missing last year. Maybe it's the Josh Allen effect, like you were saying, with those Russian quarterbacks. But does Buffalo want to get Allen away from that this year? Like, is that something I need to worry about where I'm not going to get Josh Allen rushing touchdowns? But could that be the Damian Harris role where he's going to slip in there because Singletary wasn't doing it, Cook's not doing it? Did they bring in Harris to be that bigger, bruiser type of guy to go in there and really increase their efficiency in that spot? Um, other guys at the bottom were Stevenson, Etienne, and Kenneth Walker, actually. Kenneth Walker, 11%. Yeah, I, th- I think the Bills are very much aware they want to minimize the hits on Josh Allen at this point because I know I, he got he gets hit a lot and he kind of gets through it. And, like, his, his particular injury last year wasn't a typical running quarterback thing. But I still remember that play last year, and I think a lot of teams that have running quarterbacks – I mean, it happened to Jalen Hurts, but the really bad one was Justin Fields where he made, like, it was like two Lions met him at the goal line and then he was out basically the rest of the game. It's like, I think the Bills don't want to risk that stuff. So it's like, let's make it clear that Damian Harris has the role of, like, when we get to one or two, we can do the sneak every once in a while. We can do that push play, but um, we really want Damian Harris to take a lot more of the hits because we we trust him. Absolutely. Um, Henry, who's your last uh, guy you're spying? So last guy I'm spying, I'm going to go to a stud. I'm, I'm going to go back to my boy, Cooper Cup. Uh, everybody's thinking first-round pick. He's obviously going to go in the first, but is he someone I want to invest the first-round pick in this year? You know, what's the QB situation look like? Is Matthew Stafford healthy? If he's not healthy, who's the QB? Do, do I want to invest in uh, wide receiver one in the first round whose QB is Wolford? So... Um, the Cooper Cup situation and just how healthy is he? How healthy is the quarterback? Uh, that's what I'm looking at because I, I I think I'm really 
targeting myself for a wide receiver in the first round based on what I want to do with my keepers this year. So Cooper Cup, my guy. Fantasy champion Cooper Cup. Yeah, he's he's sneaky. I, I the one thing I've been thinking about a lot lately is with Bijan. I don't know. I, I'm I'm gonna keep changing where I wanna go, but I'm feeling like I would like a top five pick because I think I think Christian McCaffrey goes and I think Jonathan Taylor goes. I probably won't draft those guys, but I would be happy with getting Bijan, Justin Fields, or Joe Burrow. Um, But if I do go to the back end, I could see Cooper Cup sliding. I'd be very happy to take him at like the 11th pick or 10th pick. And then that that just puts me in a situation around four or fifth trying to find Stafford and and draft him there. Um, So as long as that seems like they're all healthy, but it's also interesting now the the Cam Akers stuff. Like we'll have to talk about him on the pod at some point. Um because I don't know. I might be somewhat into him, but I think he's gonna I... He he should probably be a keeper option for someone. I was going through that before. Like he, he is he never got dropped by Brad, right? So like he's no. still uh I think he'd be like a sixth this year or a fifth. It's a, uh, it's I, thought, I, thought, I thought he was a ninth. I thought he was a ninth round keeper. Maybe no. I'm I'm misremembering. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong, but you know. I'll look it up right now. Also, one of my favorite things about like the new thing of um this year's league, I think, is like we'll be a li- little bit more like less intense about like what does the constitution say? Um and getting like, I don't know. I used to get very threatening texts from some managers who are no longer part of this league. Um about stuff. Um Jay? Damn. No. There was Acres, I, I Acres would be a six round pick. Six round pick Acres. I don't remember who it was, but it was the year that like we had the draft early, like probably like August 18th or something. And for some reason you had like a healthy guy in the IR and I got multiple texts from somebody saying like Melvin so Gordon. What's Melvin that? Gordon. It was Melvin oh. Gordon, I think. I drafted Melvin Gordon and he was out because he was holding out. I think I think that's what it was. It was like and it was a Saturday night. And I was because I was like at home and I was like watching TV and I got like multiple texts from the person. And it's like two weeks before the season. Like nobody should be stressed about this. So I get multiple texts and I'm like, hey, I'll look at it later. And then I see in like WhatsApp multiple communications in the commissioner's channel which was only supposed to be me and the current commissioner but also like somebody throwing a hissy fit in there who was no longer commissioner and like i was like man it's two weeks before the season chill the fuck out like who the fuck cares um because i remember then getting a message being like make sure that like if they're on the uh, ir they can be out but if they're not on the ir you need to make a move or whatever and i did it was fine yeah it was stupid I also then found out like two, I don't know if it was the next year or two years later, um, there was a mistake in the draft where somebody got too many draft picks. Um, and I asked, and and I didn't realize that happened. I just looked at their roster and they're like, because I, I, I was like looking for a trade and it said like, uh, this manager's won over the limit. And I was like, how did he... Because, like, I think our roster's limits at that time because we had kickers was, like, at 17, and he had, like, 18 players. I was like, how do you get 18 players? And then I just text him, like, 
how did you get to 18 players? And then, like, he snapped at me. Um, it was just, it, you know, there's some of this stuff where I'm just glad it'll be less intense and, like, more fun and, and fair. Um, all right, Ray, who's your uh, last uh, guy you're spying? Um, I'm going to stick with the Damians, and it's Damian Pierce. Um, not necessarily, I mean, he's my guy for last year. I'm pretty sure he's going to go higher. I mean, maybe he doesn't, maybe he does. Um, but I know he'd be a third pick because I picked him fourth last year, which would be pretty high to keep him. But um, I'm I'm in, I'm just interested to seeing how um, the new quarterback will affect him, um, affect the stock. With it. I mean, because I mean they were just loading up the box on him, and he still managed to get like a thousand yards, right? So um, if he didn't get hurt at the end of the year, I'm pretty sure he would have you know made an impact, and I would have pretty much helped out my fantasy season. Um, but just very, very, very eager to see how he does in his second year with the bolstered offensive line and uh, a better quarterback. Yeah, I didn't realize how close he got to a thousand yards. He had 939. Um, wow. And in, in less than seven, in less than in less than games. I think he only played like 12, 13 games, something like that. I'm also getting scared because like I feel CJ Stroud is getting put in the yo-yo cycle uh because like there's a report that like he's taken over first team reps and he's out playing davis mills and it's like can you guys not like this happens all the time with these poor rookie kids that's like listen he may not be ready to be a good pro quarterback he might also have a way better arm than everybody so he's like winning in camp and then he might suck in september like i just i i'm always like caught like i don't like the like He's doing awesome. He's doing terrible. He's doing awesome. I, I feel bad for CJ Stroud. I hope that everybody has very reasonable expectations that like Destins will probably be four and uh thirteen. Is that the way the seventeen game successful goes? Or maybe they'll be six and eleven. I just feel uh, like everyone I think I think the NFL and I think everybody's kind of seeing I mean, with the emergence of obviously Geno Smith and like um even 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 like I'm I'm not doing a bit right now, but like Josh Allen. Josh Allen wasn't this burner when he first came out, right? Like he wasn't this, but it took time for him to develop into this, right? Now with um, what's the dude's name from uh the Bears? Fields. Uh, Fields, right? He cooked last year, but everyone like everyone was down on him the beginning of the year until he started like he started like breaking out and doing his thing, right? There's tons of other quarterbacks I can like list off. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. He had a terrible coach and coaching staff and organization, right? But he did his thing this year. I think everyone just kind of is catching on to give these kids a second, right? Like, again, and a lot of people, like, lucked into good circumstances. Like, that kind of lucked into it. Um, Josh Allen lucked into a good circumstance, right? Like, there's tons of uh, 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 Russell Wilson. Um, there's, there's a lot of people that lucked into it. There's a lot of people who got drafted high who went to shit teams. And you never know what could happen if those high draft picks could have went to other teams, right? They're a little bit more established. I just think everybody is doing a better job. I think the NFL is doing a better job of holding on. I mean, the Dolphins with Tua, like they're giving him another shot, right? Like normally they move on, right? But uh, they're not just yet. So um, I think I think CJ will be I, but I really can't wait till next year. Ooh, I'm moving up to try and get that quarterback. First round pick, USC, baby. All, all I'm hearing from this is you're, you're, you're uh, you know, rifling off all these quarterbacks that were bad, 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 and then like good all of a sudden, 
are, are you secretly like trying to maneuver to get Trey Lance? Because like this is th- this would be the perfect Trey Lance season. You know, like it was Lamar Jackson, then it was Josh Allen. No, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold in the tenth. Sam Darnold in the tenth round. Don't you gonna overdraft him that high? I'm gonna take him in the ninth round if he's there. You're gonna take the Browns defense in the eighth? No, 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 nothing. I, I want nothing to do with the Browns. F that organization. Um. Yeah. I. I, I feel like uh, Elijah, gonna... Moore, Elijah Moore's a dude. I'm like binoculars,ing not spying on, but binoculars,ing binoculars,ing. I like that. I feel like I'm going to be a wet blanket, and maybe this is just like a passive aggressive way to get him to fall to me because I. I am saying I want to draft him, but I just want to really point out that Justin Fields has not been a good NFL quarterback. He's great for fantasy, but he got his coach fired year one and he led his team to the worst record in the NFL. And I'm not saying that's, that's like his fault, but it's also not like he's doing good. Like at, at best it's a, Oh, what's that grade where you, it, uh, incomplete, incomplete at best. He is an incomplete but if you wanted to grade him, it's a D or an F. With Jalen, with Jalen Hurts, everyone was saying the same. Oh, he's a great fantasy quarterback, but he wasn't. He made the playoffs that first year. But he year. took the team to the playoffs. And Justin then, Fields took his team to the worst record in the NFL. He cooked up. In fantasy. Yeah. He had he had nobody to throw it to except for my boy Cole Komet, who you drafted. I'm just I'm I'm just, I just want to point it out. Like again, at best he's an incomplete. Like the reason why, like, I'm not like I'm gonna draft him at number two overall if Willie takes one, is because I don't know if he'll play the whole year number one because of injuries, but also like, if it doesn't work, I don't think they'll keep him on the field. If it stops yeah. working, they're not gonna go like, well, he got 120 rushing yards, but we lost uh 19 to 46. Amen. How did? How as soon as you give Jalen Hurts AJ Brown, look what he turned into. As soon as you give Josh Allen uh Stefan Diggs, look what he turned into. You give two a Tyreek Hill, look what he did. You give Justin Fields somebody to throw it to. I promise you, just like I'm promising Henry that um our guy is gonna be good in on the Giants. I promise you, Justin Fields, if he gets a receiver. He's going to be great. I mean, I mean, they traded for DJ Moore, so like that—that's the guy they brought in. So everything's relying on Justin. Well, Fields you get another person. You can get another person. You feel me? But I, I mean, like, just to be fair to to Jalen Hurts is that like, he took his team DeAndre Hopkins. He took <laughs> his team to the playoffs with the best wide receiver and being an injured Devonte Smith. So it's not like Jalen Hurts did nothing. It's Jalen Hurts led his team. Played hard. He had a better defense than Chicago did. I'm not saying that, but like Jalen Hurts is on the verge of being one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Now because I think he, he could. Brown. I'm just yeah. warning people, and like I just I just want people to realize that fantasy and football, fantasy football, and real football are same, not the same thing. And Justin Fields thing. has not been a good professional quarterback. But it's the thing, though. Like, you get a receiver, it's easier to play the position. You and it's easier to win more. Like, it, like it, it just, it, it, I just gave you examples. I could give you more. All right, Derek Carr. What happened when Trevor Lawrence got Derek Carr went to 
Derek Carr got one of the best wide receivers, but they still lost. He's absolutely terrible, though. And he had a running. It's Derek Carr. He's bad. That he is terrible. You get what is what's the dude name? Um, uh, the guy that I I, from Arizona, Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk. You give Trevor Lawrence a generational talent like him, Christian Kirk. Look what happened. I mean, I think Trevor Lawrence just turned Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram into players. Like, it might just be that Trevor Lawrence, a generational quarterback, Matt, is you good. Take away, you take away A.J. Brown, Ryan Tannehill, and Derrick Henry, there's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do now. It's just, it's the receiver, it's, it's, a, it's a symbiotic relationship. If All right, well, what about Cedric receiver. Wilson and Zach Wilson? And also, has Zach Wilson won more NFL games than Justin Fields? I think so. He didn't win them. They won in spite of him. Has, has Zach Wilson played 20 NFL games? I don't think he's played 20 NFL games. You would take Justin Fields over Zach Wilson. Stop playing. I would take anybody over Zach Wilson. There you go. But but that isn't the question because like Zach Wilson's not a starting quality quarterback. What I'm saying is I don't know if Fields is a starting quality quarterback. He's got a very specific skill set. He has a good he hasn't receiver. won. He has a good receiver now. Let's see what he does. Give him a second. Just like how everybody else gets a second. But but also like let's be clear what DJ Moore is. He's the 15th to 25th best wide receiver. Like it's but not going to be as obvious. It, who was throwing it to him though? Zach Wilson is 8 and 14 in his NFL career. Justin Fields is 5 and 20. Yeah. Like I mean like I'm taking the upside. Maybe Zach, Zach Wilson started throw. 22 games. Justin Fields started 25 and has played 27. Where's turnovers? Mm, I can tell you in a second. I got to do math. I mean, that – I don't know. Like, honestly, statistically, other than rushing, I bet their numbers might be surprisingly similar. Um, they both have probably pretty low completion percentages. They both have probably pretty low passing yards. 21 interceptions for Fields. And fumbles, too. Well, 18 interceptions for Zach Wilson. But again, there's a three-start difference and a five-game difference for them. So uh, about fumbles, the same. Fumbles, 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 fumbles. So they were rushing, probably, right? Choose what fumbles is. Zach Wilson has six fumbles. And Justin Fields has 28 fumbles, including a league-leading 16 last year. Yeah, I mean, like, again, like, it's not. This is an anti-Justin Fields podcast. I get it. It's not. I'm literally telling you I want to draft him. But what I'm saying is he might not be a starting quarterback next year after this year. Like, that's all I'm saying. They, I mean, it, it's the same thing he did with the same thing he did with Hurts. You know, like he might not be a starting quarterback. Fields might not be a starting quarterback. You got to give the person the shot to prove it, and you got to get him help. That's it. That's all I'm saying. And this yeah. is what they did. They also a new field would be better because Soldier Field sucks. I mean, he said he doesn't want to play there. I mean. All right. Uh, I think we've talked about it enough because I'm sure it'll come up more and more. Um, but 
my final guys I'm spying, I guess, um, is the whole Kansas City receiving core. Um, and I'm more or less just looking for them to either overhype Kadarius Honey as a number one wide receiver, which then means I'm completely out on all of them, or just say, like, we have a bunch of guys who can do a bunch of stuff, and then basically what I'm going to do is after, like, the 11th round, pick up Sky Moore, Rashi Rice, uh, who else is there? Um, MVS. I'll just take a bunch of those guys late because I think there'll be some value um, to those guys if they're all playing a role on the team versus, like, overhyping Kadarius. I mean, if they overhype Kadarius... I think, I'm I def- think the overhype will be good for you because then, yeah. like, you're definitely out on Kadarius anyway. So, like, overhype Kadarius, someone's going to take him early, like, and then, you know, the rest is going to be left. So. And I think if they do overhype Kadarius, then I'm really going to focus in on Sky more because I think what they would do with Kadarius, because he's going to get hurt because that's what he does, um, mm. he would be the most likely player to take that role. Sky Moore is definitely somebody to uh, keep an eye on. Post-type sleeper. Because sure. <laughs> everybody talked about him and like everybody was like, you know, he has the opportunity. Like, Listen, all Kansas City wide receivers are terrible the first year, but this might be the guy. That's what they're going to say about Rashi Rice this year. It's like, but this guy could be the guy this year. It's like, uh, except for you said this last year. Um, and it it seems like, you know, I don't know what everybody else is hearing, but I, from what I've been hearing is that DeAndre Hopkins is probably not going to end up with the Bills or the Chiefs. Um, he's asking for too much money over too many years and the Chiefs don't have that capital, and I don't think the Bills have that capital. So, um, you know, go get paid, but go play in Cleveland. Hopefully up in New York. What's Hopefully that? Hopefully up in New York. Do the Jets have cap for it? They still haven't restructured. Once they restructure Quinnen, they get cap space, and I think yeah. uh, Aaron Rod- like when the Aaron Rodgers restructure comes, they get more cap space, even though – Oh my. He doesn't really cost anything, but oh. I mean it's bad. It's bad a couple of years from now for the Jets, so they they gotta win now. But does gotta win now? Doesn't that like destroy all fantasy options if DeAndre Hopkins goes to the Jets? I mean, Aaron Rodgers slightly gets a bump up, but it decreases Brees Hall, decreases uh, uh, Wilson. Um, I don't. I, I don't think so. These veteran wide receivers that go like everyone's always like, oh, like this guy's gonna hurt. This guy's gonna hurt, and. I mean, what's he going to – the Keanu Hopkins at this point in his career, what's going to do, 60, 70 touches? I don't – I don't know. Like, he, he, was good, he was good last year, but he got to sit out half a season. He will be so. Devontae – he will be his Devontae Adams. Safety blanket. million catches. I mean, I didn't intentionally do this, but now that we're here, I want to do this so I have it on record. I already told this, Ray, uh, probably two months ago or a month ago, whenever this happened. Um, and I just want it recorded on record. Um I'm not going to spend too much time talking about Aaron Rodgers, but in the next 10 or 15 years, he's going to have a business partner arrested for some really shady shit. Like Nexium sex call, like some kind of weird stuff. He's going to like get involved with somebody who does, does like hyperbolic chambers and he's going to like, Oh yeah, I'll be a partner in this. And then like, he's going to go to all these weird parties on islands and there's going to be like, Hey, it's really cool. There's an island where like, like really young females like to hang out with really old dudes, and like there's no <laughs> judgment. 
And then, like, that guy's going to get arrested because that. And then Aaron Rodgers is going to pretend. Well, and I think, and in fairness to him, I really don't think he would actually ever be able to go, like, oh, this is probably really bad. I should not do business with this guy because he's just stupid. Um, I heard somebody, like, talking about, like, this, like, recent, like, bullshit athletic article where it's like, he's just too smart. Uh, he's so smart, he just constantly outsmarts himself. And it's like, you know, I think about my son and raising him and like people like always want to do this thing where stupid people, they pretend that they're too smart and they outsmart themselves. And it's like the shortest line may the shortest distance between two spaces might be a line, but if there's a wall, that's not the shortest way to the space. Like you're, you're just pushing against the wall and that's Aaron Rodgers. He's a dumb guy who doesn't get like, I don't know. I don't know why he's still bashing the Packers. Like, just you got it. You got your money. You went to a new city. You get all the attention. Like, just shut up. And get arrested when you're doing like sex cult stuff in like ten or fifteen years because you can't have a healthy relationship without people does, being needy of you. He does have a face like that. I can't front. Okay, uh, I think we hit all the things. I blew out my voice yelling about something uh, as a moralist. Um. We did some Aaron Rodgers bashing. We talked some fantasy. We talked about our league. Uh, we- we'll probably. Oh, um, I think. Uh, well, we'll talk about it a little off the air. But one of the next couple episodes will be strictly a raid-driven podcast where he'll run it. He'll come up with the topics, and me and Henry will have to play along whatever it is. Ooh, like I just hope you guys. Don't care if you have to hear about Russell Wilson the entire time. Or Pro Russ just... bash Josh Allen. Ooh. And three hours of that. Sounds like the perfect podcast. Um, so I don't know if we'll figure that out if that'll be next week or whatever. Uh we're figuring out stuff. Uh I do want to bring on guests. Uh I will talk to these guys about because I I don't think uh I think we'll have to pick one of us to be a booker. Uh, in charge of like yes, bringing people in, um, just because like I'm a little bit of a weirdo, antisocial person, as some of you may know. So like me sending a text does give me a lot of anxiety. Um, yeah. so uh, but yeah, I want to bring on Willie because uh, we'll talk about when Willie comes on why I want to bring him on. Um, I want to bring on people we haven't had on in a while. Um, Ryan, if he's if he's still on. Um, bring Frank back for a no football football podcast. Uh, and yeah, so we're doing that. Um, we'll keep crushing. Um, and thanks for everybody for listening to us. Peace out. Have a good week, guys.